Welcome to Dugnating Don Quixote Author's Preface. 大家好，读你听嘅时间，今日咧我哋就开一本新书，书名咧就系 Don Quixote。Don Quixote， 唐吉诃德啊吓，中文嘅翻译，英文嘅读音咧就系 Don Quixote。當然誒，如果係用呢個古西班牙文啦 ，Ocastilian 啊有另外一個讀音啦。不過咧，我哋而家用一個現代普遍嘅英文讀音嚇，當結合地。咁我哋呢本書係誒巨著啦，被譽為翻譯得最多語言嘅一個小説之一 ，classic novel 啦，都係。今日就同大家分享下呢個篇章。咁我哋由作者嘅序嗰度開始先，讀之前就提醒下大家啦。呢本書入面當然係有好多西班牙文嘅翻譯英文啦，好多拉丁語嘅金句，而我呢就唔會用拉丁去發音啦，因為誒實在太消耗。係消耗時間啊！大家亦都未必聽得明，咁我就會直接用嗰個英文註解嘅意思咧，去讀出呢啲拉丁文金句嘅。好，分享讀你聽。Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. Author's preface. Idle reader, thou mayest believe me without any hope that I would this book. As it is the child of my brain, were the fairest, gayest, and cleverest that could be imagined, but I could not counteract nature's law that everything shall beget its like. And what then could this sterile, ill-tilted wit of mine beget but the story of a dry, shrivelled, whimsical offspring, full of thoughts of all sorts and such as never came into any other imagination? Just what might be begotten in a prison, where every misery is lodged and every doleful sound makes its dwelling, tranquillity, a cheerful retreat, pleasant fields, bright skies, murmuring brooks, peace of mind—these are the things that go far to make even the most barren muses fertile, and bring to the world births that fill it with wonder and delight. Sometimes, when a father has an ugly, loutish son. The love he bears him so blindfolds his eyes that he does not see his defects, or rather takes them for gifts and charms of mind and body, and talks of them to his friends as wit and grace. I, however, for though I pass for the father, I am but the stepfather to Don Quixote. Have no desire to go with the current of custom, or to implore thee, dearest reader. Almost with tears in my eyes, as others do, to pardon or excuse the fact thou wilt perceive in this child of mine, thou art neither its kinsman nor its friend. Thy soul is thy own, and thy will as free as any man's. Whatever he be, thou art in thine own house and master of it as much as the king of his taxes. And thou knowest the common saying: Under my cloak I kill the king. All which exempts and frees thee from every consideration and obligation, and thou canst say what thou wilt to the story without fear of being abused, for any ill or rewarded for any good thou mayest say of it. My wish would be simply to present it to thee plain and unadorned. 
without any embellishment of preface or an accountable muster of customary sonnets, epigrams, and eulogies, such as are commonly put at the beginning of books. For I can tell thee, though composing it cost me some labour, I found none greater than the making of this preface. Though art now reading, many times did I take up my pen to write it, and many did I lay it down again, not knowing what to write. One of these times, as I was pondering with the paper before me, a pen in my ear, my elbow on the desk, and my cheek in my hand, thinking of what I should say, there came in unexpectedly a certain lively. Clever friend of mine, who, seeing so deep in thought, asked the reason. To which I, making no mystery of it, answered that I was thinking of the preface I had to make for the story of Don Quixote, which so troubled me that I had the mind not to make any at all, nor even publish the achievements of so noble a knight. For how could you expect me not to feel uneasy about what that ancient lawgiver they call the public? Will say when it sees me, after slumbering so many years in the silence of oblivion, coming out now with all my years upon my back, and with a book as dry as rush, devoid of invention, meager in style, poor in thoughts, wholly wanting in learning and wisdom, without quotations in the margin or annotations at the end, after the fashion of other books I see, which, though all fables and profanity, are so full of maxims from Aristotle and Plato and a whole herd of philosophers that they fill the readers with amazement and convince them that the authors are men of learning, erudition, and eloquence. And then, when they quote the holy scriptures. Any one would say they are Saint Thomases or other doctors of the Church, observing as they do a decorum so ingenious that in one sentence they describe a distracted lover, and in the next deliver a devout little sermon that it is a pleasure and a treat to hear and read. Of all this, there will be nothing in my book, for I have nothing to quote in the margin or to note at the end, and still less do I know what authors I follow in it to place them at the beginning, as all do. Under the letters A, B, C, beginning with Aristotle and ending with Xenophon or Zolus or Zeusis, though one was the slanderer and the other a painter, also my book must do without sonnets at the beginning. At least sonnets whose authors are dukes, marquises, counts, bishops, ladies, or famous poets. Though if I were to ask two or three obliging friends, I know they would give me them. And such as the productions of those that have the highest reputation in our Spain could not equal. In short, my friend, I continued, I am determined that Signor Don Quixote shall remain buried in the archives of his own La Mancha until heaven provides someone to garnish him with all those things he stands in need of. Because I find myself, through my shallowness and want of learning, unequal to supply them. And because I am by nature shy and careless about hunting for authors to say what I myself can say without them, hence the condition and abstraction you found me in, and reason enough what you have heard from me. Hearing this, my friend, giving myself a slap on the forehead and breaking into a hearty laugh, exclaimed, "Before God, brother, now am I disabused of an error in which I have been living all this long time? I have known you." All through which I have taken you to be shrewd and sensible in all you do, but now I see you are as far from that as the heaven is from the earth. Is it possible that things of so little moment and so easy to set right can occupy and perplex a ripe wit like yours, fit to break through and crush far greater obstacles? 
By my faith, this comes not of any want of ability, but of too much indolence and too little knowledge of life. Do you want to know if I am telling the truth? Well, then attend to me, and you will see how, in the opening and shutting of an eye, I sweep away all your difficulties and supply all those deficiencies which you say check and discourage you from bringing before the world the story of your famous Don Quixote, the light and mirror of all night errant. Say on," said I, listening to his talk. "How do you propose to make up for my diffidence and reduce to order this chaos of perplexity I am in?" To which he made answer, "Your first difficulty about the sonnets, epigrams, or complimentary verses which you want for the beginning, and which ought to be by persons of importance and rank, can be removed if you yourself take a little trouble to make them. You can afterwards baptize them and put any name you like to them." Fathering them on Prester John of the Indies of the Emperor of Trebizond, who, to my knowledge, was said to have been famous poets, and even if they were not, and any pendants of bachelors should attack you and question the fact, never care two maravedis for that, for even if they prove a lie against you, they cannot cut off the hand you wrote it with. As to references in the margin to the books and authors from whom you take the aphorisms and sayings you put into your story, it is only contriving to fit in nicely any sentences or scraps of Latin you may happen to have by heart, or at any rate that will not give you much trouble to look up. So as when you speak of freedom and captivity, to insert, liberty is not sold for all the gold in the world. And then refer in the margin to Horace or whoever said it, or if you allude to the power of death, to come in with pale death, with impartial foot, knocks at the cottages of the poor and the palaces of kings. If it be friendship and the love God bids us bear to our enemy, go at once to the holy scriptures, which you can do with a very small amount of research, and quote no less than the words of God Himself. I am, however, I say to you, love your enemies. If you speak of evil thoughts, turn to the gospel. Out of the heart come evil thoughts. If of the fickleness of friends there is cattle, who will give you his stick? As long as you are fortunate, you will have many friends. If clouds appear, you will be alone. With these and such like bits of Latin, they will take you for a grammarian at all events, and that nowadays is no small honor and profit. With regard to adding annotations at the end of the book, you may safely do it in this way. If you mention any giant in your book, contrive that it shall be the giant Goliath, and with this alone, which will cost you almost nothing, you have a grand note for you can put the giant Goliath or Goliath was a Philistine whom the shepherd David slew by a mighty stone cast in the Terebinth Valley, as is related in the Book of Kings, in the chapter where you find it written. Next, to prove yourself a man of erudition in polite literature and cosmography, manage that the river Tagus shall be named in your story, and there you are at once with another famous annotation setting forth: the river Tagus was so called after a king of Spain. It has its source in such and such a place, and falls into the ocean, kissing the walls of the famous city of Lisbon. And it is a common belief that it has golden sands, etc. If you should have anything to do with robbers, I will give you the story of Cacus, for I have it by heart. If with loose women, there is the bishop of Mondenido, who will give you the loan of Lamia, Leda, and Flora. Any reference to whom will bring you great credit.
If with hard-hearted ones, Ovid will finish you with media. If with witches or enchantresses, Homer has Calypso and Virgo Circe. If with Thalian captains, Julius Caesar himself will lend you himself in his own commentaries, and Plutarch will give you a thousand Alexanders. If you should deal with love, with two ounces you may know of Tuscan, you can go to Leon the Hebrew, who will supply you to your heart's content. Or if you should not care to go to foreign countries, you have at home Francesca's Of the Love of God, in which is condensed all that you or the most imaginative mind can want on a subject. In short, all you have to do is to manage to quote these names, or refer to these stories I have mentioned, and leave it to me to insert the annotations and quotations. And I swear by all that's good to fill your margins and use up four sheets at the end of the book. Now let us come to those references to authors which other books have, and you want for yours. The remedy for this is very simple. You have only to look out for some book that quote them all from A to Z, as you say yourself, and then insert the very same alphabet in your book. And though the imposition may be plain to see, because you have so little need to borrow from them, that is no matter. There will probably be some simple enough to believe that you have made use of them all in this plain, artless story of yours. At any rate, if it answers no other purpose, this long catalogue of authors will serve to give a surprising look of authority to your book. Besides, no one will trouble himself to verify whether you have followed them or whether you have not, being no way concerned in it. Especially as, if I mistake not, this book of yours has no need of any one of those things you say it wants, for it is, from beginning to end, an attack upon the books of chivalry, of which Aristotle never dreamt, nor Saint Basil said a word, nor Cicero had any knowledge, nor do the niceties of truth, nor the observations of astrology come within the range of its fanciful vagaries. Nor have geometrical measurements or refutations of the arguments used in rhetoric anything to do with it. Nor does it mean to preach to anybody, mixing up things human and divine, a sort of modley in which no Christian understanding should dress itself. It has only to avail itself of truth to nature in its composition, and the more perfect the imitation, the better the work will be. And as this piece of yours. Aims at nothing more than to destroy the authority and influence which books in chivalry have in the world and with the public. There is no need for you to go a begging for aphorisms from philosophers, precepts from holy scripture, fables from poets, speeches from orators, or miracles from saints, but merely to take care that your style and diction run musically. Pleasantly and plainly, with clear, proper, and well-paced words, setting forth your purpose to the best of your power, and putting your ideas intelligibly without confusion or obscurity, strive too that in reading your story the melancholy may be moved to laughter, and the merry made merrier still, that the simple shall not be wearied, that the judicious shall admire the invention, that the grave shall not despise it, nor the wise fail to praise it. Finally, keep your aim. Fixed on the destruction of that ill-founded edifice of the books of chivalry, hated by some and praised by many more, for if you succeed in this, you have achieved no small success. In profound silence, I listened to what my friend said, and his observations made much an impression on me that, without attempting to question them, I admitted their soundness. And out of them, I admitted to make this preface, wherein, gentle reader, thou wilt perceive my friend's good sense, my good fortune in finding such an adviser in such a time of need, 
and what thou hast gained in receiving, without addition or alteration, the story of the famous Don Quixote of La Mancha, who is held by all the inhabitants of the district of the Campo de Montiel to have been the chastest lover and the bravest knight that has for many years been seen in that neighbourhood. I have no desire to magnify the service I rendered thee in making thee acquainted with so renowned and honoured a knight, but I do desire thy thanks for the acquaintance thou wilt make with the famous Sancho Panza, his squire in whom, to my thinking, I have given thee condensed all the squirely drolleries that are scattered through the swarm of the vain books of chivalry. And so, may God give thee health and not forget me. Vain. 好，咁啊呢個非常之長篇嘅啊序啊，咁啊呢個序度我哋睇到作者啊，佢對於當時啊所流行嘅對於騎士精神啊嘅不齒啦，多次提出啦，呢樣嘢係佢所厭惡嘅啊，咁亦都有個用咗一個好有趣嘅手法啦，就係話佢有個朋友，有個朋友睇咗呢本書就不斷咁樣對佢。提出一啲中國建議啦，佢亦都係照單全收啦，就係、是、唔會落好多 quotation 啦，嚇唔會喺度落好多人名啊，好多金句啊，又 quote 呢樣 quote 嗰樣 quote 聖經啊 ，quote 啲咩名人啊，而令到呢本書更豐富啦。所謂啊，佢就覺得呢個朋友啊，唔係佢自己啊，係佢朋友帶俾佢嘅呢啲建議咧，佢係樂於接受嘅。佢亦都多次提出佢所寫嘅嘢係真實嘅，佢係唔會去去粉飾啦，去潤色啦，佢本書嘅內容啦，佢會用一個真實嘅方式去寫出呢個當期喀提呢個所謂嘅騎士精神啦，嚇佢個勇敢啦，佢嘅性情啦咁。其實整體嚟講，佢呢一個序咧係帶出咗樣嘢，就係佢有好多嘢去俾你睇嘅。佢亦都係盛旺盛恐啦，佢又唔係好驕傲啦，但係同一時間佢話俾你聽：，喂，我係好革命性嘅，我係完全用一個全新嘅面貌，係同你一般睇到嘅騎士故事係唔同嘅。我呢個係真實嘅，而唔粉飾嘅，但係仍然保留咗佢嘅趣味性，亦都冇一種高高在上嘅感覺喺度。嚇，呢個就係一個好真誠嘅故事。咁變咗佢啊，設定咗個咁樣嘅框架，一個咁樣嘅門檻俾佢嘅讀者啦。好，我哋睇下呢一個序入面嘅字啦，都幾多嘅嚇。三個咧，同大家分享 erudition，erudition 名詞嚟嘅，中文嘅解釋就係博學啦，好睿智啊。The quality of having or showing great knowledge of learning scholarship，aphorism。喺頭先呢一節咧，都有多次出現咗啲嘅 forism 啦，啲拉丁文嘅金句啊、警句啊、格言啊。A forism 名詞嚟嘅 ，a pithy observation which contains a general truth。咁啊，第三個字 distic，distic 誒名詞嚟嘅，就係、是、a pair of verse lines，a couplet。相句啦，嚇一個排句啦，即係係兩句組成嘅一個句子啊，咁樣。好，咁我哋下一次咧，下一節咧就會由 Chapter One 開始讀噶啦。下一節再同大家讀內情 ，Audience。